the South of the Six podcast, bringing you the latest on your favorite Toronto sports teams from south of the Canadian border. Here's your host, Adam Corsair. You know, for as much as we would have liked the Raptors to never lose again, it's been said that all good things must come to an end. Welcome to the South of the Six podcast. We are part of the stadium scene.tv network and part of the Overtime Media crew. So the Raptors capped their win streak at 15 games, still the longest winning streak in Canadian sports history, and that is nothing to hang your heads over. And we're going to break things down today to talk all things Toronto Raptors. Joining me on the streets of Toronto is Rodrigo Abazuras of the Mitch and Driggs Basketball Podcast. Rodrigo, man, what's up, man? Oh, chill, man. It's a nice, uh, frigid day in Toronto. I'm not going to lie to you, but uh, it could be a lot colder. Ooh, <laughs> I, think, I think a pigeon just tried, tried to take my life, to be honest. <laughs> You're risking uh, your life to talk on the oh, South yeah. of Six podcast right now. Yeah, it's, it's, it's what I got to do, man. Priorities. You got wildlife attacking you. I'm I'm pretty good, man. I'm pretty good. You That's know, good, I, I I can't I can't complain. And look, I know a lot of people were down about the winning streak ending, but come on, man, it's still 15 games. That's pretty solid. Yeah, it's amazing, man. Like it's it's really really hard to win just ball games in, in the NBA. So I mean, 15 in a row is is insane. Even though the level of competition wasn't that you could say that high or that great, but still, like to win 15 games is some that's just amazing, man. Just absolutely amazing. I think I think that with all that's been going down and the fact that, you know, in the beginning of the year, we didn't think that this team was going to win, like, let alone, maybe we, we had hopes for, like, a deep playoff run, but I don't know that anybody had, you know, setting a Canadian sports record on their radar. At least I certainly didn't. No, well, honestly, at the start of the year, um, I even tweeted it. Like, I, I thought they finished first. So I thought they had a little spark to him, uh, something to prove. You know, like guys like Van Fleet, who obviously proved that he bet on himself last year in the playoffs, and he performed in the Bucks series and the championship series, of course. And Pascal had something to prove that, you know, Kawhi left, and that was obviously tough, and Danny Green left. But, you know, we're doing something special right now. I think this is the funnest team we've watched in Raptors franchise history, to be honest. Would you not agree? I would agree. And I think that, not only is this the funnest, this may be... Actually, I think it is. I'm just going to declare it. This is my favorite Raptors team that I've ever yeah. seen. Like, I know, like, the, the, the Kawhi team last year was... That will never be forgotten, and that's something that people will cherish. But this team, because they've exceeded so many expectations, I feel that this is my favorite team, 100%. Yeah, man, 100%. Because last year, we were, we were given some that we're never going to forget. Like, we were given a championship, and... Kawhi was obviously a big deal, and he had a big uh, he had a big part in that. But what the other guys did, like Van, like I said, Van Fleet, Pascal, Lowry, like they stepped up as well, right? So they took that momentum into this year, have championship pedigree on their shoulders, and they're just playing lights out right now. And it's 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 just fun. It's absolutely fun basketball, man. Well, right now they are sitting pretty at second place in the Eastern Conference. They're 40 and 15. They're a game and a half ahead of the Celtics, six and a half behind the Bucks. Um, things are pretty good. Things are, are are rolling right now for the Raptors. It should be noted that we are recording this Saturday afternoon. This is All Star Weekend, and uh, you know this is the unofficial halfway point. We've obviously numerically passed the halfway point already, but. Unofficially, this is what the NBA regarded regards as the halfway mark, and I couldn't be more happy. Like the Raptors being in second place, um, they're still a far cry from the Bucks right now in terms of games behind. Like six and a half, that's that's a lot of ground to cover, um, and I don't yeah. see the Bucks slowing down. But still, being a game and a half ahead of the Celtics, you got to be confident that they could probably ride the rest of the way at second seed. No. Yeah, hundred percent, and I I thought. To be honest, like I like Miami because they're they're good, but I feel like they're kind of pretenders for right now. Uh, I feel like they had they need need at least a couple of years to build their team chemistry or whatnot. Even though it's pretty solid right now, but we should be able to hold second. I mean, I'm worried about the Celtics. To be honest, like really? they look a lot better than I thought they're going to be. But I knew they'd be better without Kyrie because he's a cancer. <laughs> I yeah. do not like Kyrie at all. I don't think anybody does. Um, but. I'm worried about the Celtics, though, because 
uh, we could take the second seed. Like, I'm not worried about us losing games because I don't think our schedule is that tough uh, coming up except for the Bucks game. Um, and we play like, the Jazz as well. So I, 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 it's ours to lose. The second seed's ours to lose. Like, I, we should stand pat at second. Are you worried that this emerging and extra step forward from Jason Tatum is going to be legit and carry the rest of the way? I, yeah, but he can't play offense against the Raptors. And he, even he said it. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, like, he's worried about our um, defensive schemes. Like, he said, like, guys like Lowry guard him amazingly. And he does struggle versus the Raptors. So, I don't know. Uh, do we play him again this year? Yeah, we play them later on in March. Okay, yeah. So, it'd be a fun matchup to see that one because those are two hard-playing teams. And um, I am I, I am worried about the Celtics, though, like, I am more worried about the Celtics than the Bucks at this point. I'm talking about a playoff matchup, but yeah. Ooh, okay. All right, that's yeah. interesting. All right. Well, look, uh, we got a lot of stuff to cover. We got a lot of things to break down. Uh, before we do it, let's get some house cleaning out of the way that we can begin. First of all, if you're listening to this for the first time, I appreciate the download. I appreciate the listen and welcome. Um, if you have a second and you're on Apple Podcasts, just give us five stars and a quick review. It really helps us a bunch. Helps to uh, keep the lights on here for the South of the Six podcast and uh, will forever be in your debt. Um, also, if you like what you hear, feel free to blast Twitter about it. Tell your friends about it, your fellow Raptors fans about it. Blast the Reddit boards, blast the Facebook pages, whatever you got to do. Share this as much as possible because word of mouth is key. Like the giant web we're trying to create for Raptors content and to connect with as many individuals as we can. That's the goal here, and that's all we're about. So we appreciate the support. We appreciate the help. And uh, let's get going. But before we do, we're going to take our first commercial break, and uh, we'll break things down. Hang tight. We'll be right back. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. All right, Rodrigo, let's talk more about the streak, and then we can get into some all-star talk and whatnot. But... um so right now, the Raptors capped off their winning streak at 15 games. They lost it in Wednesday, on Wednesday against Brooklyn. And uh, for me, the fact that they won 15 straight games, setting the Canadian record for most wins in a Canadian sports franchise, it's pretty awesome. Um, we seem to be continuously surprised by the productivity of this team, given all the injuries and knowing that, you know, they were on that long of a streak. It really reinforces the notion that they are legitimate contenders in the East, as we've been discussing. But that being said, what kind of an impact? You're walking the streets of Toronto right now, right? So you could probably see a lot of people, I imagine, given the background. Um, what kind of an impact do you think this is having on the Toronto sports market? And do you think that this was highlighted enough in terms of coverage, in terms of talking about it? What do you think? What kind of an impact has this had? It's. I think it's had a huge impact, but I still think that the Leafs take over anything. I mean, <laughs> the, there's. I. You, I know you're in the states, but there's a there's a two hour show to the Leafs. Yeah. Every every day, uh, it's called Leafs Lunch. Like, how can you talk about the Leafs for two hours a day? They're not even that good. <laughs> uh, it frustrates me, man. And like, people will listen to it because like. They're so diehard with the Leafs. So, and I'm talking about the Leafs right now. So, you know, it hasn't had that big of an impact yet. And I think the 15 game win streak was unreal because like, it's the biggest one in Canadian sports history. Um, and people are hyped up because, you know, we won a championship last year. Let's, let's get real. Like, people are still talking about it. Um, but I still think we have a way, ways to go uh, in regards to bringing up. Uh, Toronto basketball being number one in Toronto over the Leafs. I, I don't know what else we got to do. <laughs> right. I, I, I feel like we have to win three more championships until we get some respect uh, in that regard. But I mean, U.S. media is talking about us, so that's kind of nice. Um, they're kind of, you know, they're kind of coming to their senses at this point, which they're so dumb, man. Yeah. Who, who, put, who put us, who is that guy? Dennis Was Scott. Dennis, Dennis, Dennis Scott. Scott yeah. Who didn't even put us in the playoff spot this year. That guy's a clown. Oh, my. He, he's worse than Stephen A. Smith. You know, I have respect <laughs> for Stephen A. Smith now because that guy gets paid. He does. <laughs> oh, man. But I just I just think that in Toronto, it's going to be really, really hard for the Raptors to be the number one team. And they should be at this point. But the Leafs are always going to be there. I mean, the Blue Jays are always going to be there as well. But they're, they're great. But, I mean, 
uh, a great franchise, and so the least. But I just think that the, the Raptors need a little more respect in Toronto, uh, media at least. Would you not? Would you not think? I do, and like I, I posted a tweet. Uh, a couple of weeks back, and I didn't talk about it on last week's episode just because there was so much other stuff to talk about. But given the fact that this now has set the record for the win streak in Canada, um, I, I just think that this is something that needs to be touched on. And I'm not the only one to have done this, right? I'm not the only one to have touched on this, but I put I posted out a tweet saying, you know, the Raptors, and I think this was at like the 14 game win mark, or maybe it was the 13. I don't know. Um, yeah. I said that the Raptors ought to deserve like the majority of the attention in Toronto. And maybe I'm speaking out of turn because I don't live in Canada, let alone Toronto. Um, but the fact is, is that for me, the coverage surrounding the Raptors, and I see it on Twitter from Sportsnet or from TSN or like when I am able to listen to the radio like via the internet, um, those two stations, you're right. Like the, the it wasn't really there. The coverage. It, um, don't get me wrong. They did talk about it here and there, but it wasn't highlighted nearly as much as it should have been. And you know, you say that you don't know that the Raptors will ever reach that the heights of the Leafs in terms of popularity or in terms of media coverage. Is that more, in your opinion, you know, I'm talking to you, you're a Canadian, so is that more of, like, just a Canadian thing? Or is that because, win or lose, the Leafs are going to drive the money in Toronto in terms of sports coverage? Well, the Leafs drive the money, but, I mean, at the same time, I think it's just the respect factor. And uh, you got to think about it in this sense. The Leafs have been uh, around for a lot longer. Hmm. Um, and there's a lot of, it, you could say, like, old money. Uh, it, it's not the proper. It's not the proper term, but you say old money. Like, there's a lot of older generations that are still infatuated with the Leafs, and they still want to see them win. And you know, then their their kids grew up like loving the Leafs, and then their then their kids loved, ended up loving the Leafs. So, I just think that I think it's going to take time for the Raptors to become that number one franchise because what they've done over the past six years with their winning record, with their winning record, and you know. Um, obviously the championship and then what you've done in the playoffs is, is, is historic, but for them to take over Toronto sports media and, and stuff like that, it's going to take years because they have to become, you know, like a 40 year franchise or 50 year franchise to maybe get some respect, um, by Toronto people, to be honest, and, and, and all, in all of Canada, to be honest. Do you see a turning of the tide when it comes to that, that being underway in other words do you see it in like at least in the immediate term that basketball popularity in toronto is being picked up because i know a lot of young people are really starting to get into the raptors and maybe that could be piggybacked off the championship or whatnot but do you see uh more of a turn towards basketball and away from hockey or do you see it being like a mutual interest with both um i feel like basketball's taking over because really? if you think about it man like Dude, uh, uh, hockey is expensive to play for young kids, man. Especially for parents, like you got to pay for equipment every year. So basketball is more of a feasible sport. It's more enjoyable, in my in my opinion. I mean, I'm being biased because I just I didn't play hockey when I was younger, but because right. it was expensive. So I think I think basketball overall is taking over, and the Raptors had a huge impact on it last year with that with that playoff run. Like that had people that don't even watch basketball excited, right? And that. I've heard people talking about it that didn't even enjoy basketball. They just, they're now Raptors fans, right? So it's exciting, man. So I think basketball's taking over, man. But to get the respect that the Leafs have, it's going to take years, man. Years. Well, it's interesting because, you know, when I posted that tweet, Obviously, I got a lot of pushback from Leafs fans, and the the amount yeah, of, of push, yeah, it, it was it was pretty voluminous, and you know, the thing that I referenced or want to reference here on the show is that their number one argument is that Toronto and Canada is uh, a a hockey territory, right? Whether it's countrywide or just in the in the city of Toronto, they're saying that that is where hockey is, you know, pretty much dominated. The Hockey Hall of Fame is in Toronto. Yeah. My point is, is that there was a time in America, right? Especially in, in New England, there was a time that baseball was the number one sport in the country, right? And people are, it's called the national pastime for a reason. Baseball was the number one sport. 
and maybe because of the strike or maybe because it's fantasy football or whatever football slowly became the number one sport in the country and right now that's where it is today and in new england right now the patriots are the number one sports franchise over the celtics over the bruins over the red sox it's the patriots so my point in referencing that is that there are sports that can sort of overtake the interest for the fans, right? Football now is dominating sports headlines, even in the offseason, right? Tom Brady's free agency is what is being talked about in Boston sports more than anything, more than anything, more than that amazing win by the Celtics the other night against the Clippers. So, 100%. Do, so it's possible, right? It's possible that the Raptors or even basketball could be the number one sport in Toronto, um, but how likely do you think that will be? Like you said, it's going to take a long time, but do you see that as a legitimate possibility? Yeah, hundred percent, man. And honestly, like in my opinion, it's going to take another championship. And I know it's, it's kind of crazy to say, cause it, it's hard to win a championship, man. It's really, really hard, but look at like, um, New England, how many championships, championships have they won? Right. Right. So they, they have that certain respect. So. I don't know. It's it's tough to say. Like, I st- I still think that eventually they're going to take over the Raptors, um, but it's going to take a little bit of time. Um, but if they won this year, to be honest, with the, with the roster that they have and the makeup that they have this year, that would be something special. And I think that would be a huge impact on how they be how they would be portrayed in the Toronto sports media in Canada sports media overall. Do you think that you know, given the fact that they don't have a quote unquote superstar player? And again, that's not to minimize anything that Kyle Lowry has done for this team or that Pascal Siakam has done or both have been doing for this team. Um, but in terms of household names, there's no one on this team that mirrors the the name clout like Kawhi Leonard did last year, right? So do you think that if they are uber successful, like if they get into the NBA Finals, maybe not win it, but they get to the Finals, do you think that's enough for the tide to start shifting towards the Raptors being the number one franchise in Toronto? Of course, man. Like that's some, like I said, the makeup that they have right now is just a bunch of guys that just play hard. And obviously we have talent. I mean, Lowry's super talented, Pascal's super talented. And people are starting to realize that now, like Van Fleet's talented, Powell's talented. And it's just special. So, I mean, if we, if we did some this year, yes, I feel we get that respect. And, it's kind of crazy because I saw a tweet on it the other day saying if Kawhi never left, guys like Davis and guys like Powell would never would never have the chance to step up the way they're stepping up this year. Hundred percent. So, yeah. yeah, it's like that. If you, it's crazy if you look at it that way. But yeah, like I think we have a special roster this year, man. I think we can do some. I think we can do some. Well, see, it, for me, you know, to put a bow on the the whole, you know, comparing them to, to the Leafs. For me, it's just interesting because I feel that if the, if the Toronto Maple Leafs went on a 15-game winning streak, it, it would be lights out. Like, there would be nothing else to talk about on, on Canadian sports radio or TV networks, anything. Like, if the Leafs won 15 straight, it, it would be dominating the headlines. So, for me, there just seems to be an unfair bias because not only have the Raptors won or did win 15 straight, but the fact that they did it with such a depleted roster is, for me, that that needs to be spoken about. That needs to be covered. Um, so, you know, bringing it back to the, the jump of this question, in terms of not just media coverage, but in terms of, like, people that you associate, like friends and family and whatnot, was this nearly, like, hyped up enough? Like, did, did you run a podcast about the Raptors. Like, is this something that was a point of conversation to the point that it was dominating your feed? Uh, well, my Twitter feed, yeah, because it's all Raptors fans. Right, but, <laughs> yeah. Um, but, around, like, people around me, yeah, they talked about it, but not as much as they would as if the Leafs were winning. Like you said, like, if it was a 15-game winning streak by the Leafs, I would probably not watch sports media because it'd be or any kind of show or listen to anything uh, Canada related for sports because it'd be dominated by Leafs and it'd be just be annoying. Right. Um, but no, it, it, there's people around me. They're just like, oh, they won 50 games, whatever, man. And I was actually out the other day, uh, just having a couple of beers, and there's guys that just watch hockey like, oh, they've only won 15 games in a row. That's that's kind of weak. I'm like, what? What? Like, what are you guys talking about, man? To win. To win two games in a row, three games in a row is tough. Fifteen, like, oh man, who's that guy that he 
he was on a talk show and he chirped the Raptors because they won they, they won 15 in a row. But he's like, it's the weakest schedule. Oh, I'm not uh, sure. But that fired me up. I'm like, dude, that guy's probably never stepped on a basketball court ever. <laughs> it's hard to win. It's hard to win, man. You got to do so many things right in the in the roster that we have. Uh, that's been depleted this year. It's, it's special, man. It's absolutely special. And um, yeah, like it's just. I don't know. It, it hasn't been touched on enough uh, on how special that winning streak actually is. Um, the only way people will look at it as a huge winning streak is if it was in the playoffs. Like, th- then people would be talking about it, right? I think so. And you know, like another comparison to New England sports, when the Celtics won seven in a row and got their streak snapped by the Rockets, like, and this is recently, during this course of the, the Raptors uh, and their 15-game win streak, that to me was like talked about a little bit on Twitter. Like NBA Twitter was kind of blowing up about the Celtics winning seven in a row. And don't get me wrong, like in terms of like Bleacher Report and NBA, at least on Twitter, oh, they Bleacher did. Report. But they did give the Raptors credit when it came to fifteen games. Like they did acknowledge it. It was being spoken about. So I don't know. For me, I I don't want to I don't want to overly compare. Like I don't want to sound like I have sour grapes to in terms of the media because like this is what independent independent media is all about right like if yeah. they're not going to do it we'll do it but i just wish that the raptors you know speaking as a raptors fan got a little bit more attention when it came to their win streak because you're right like it is special and given the fact that they've lost so many bodies along the way or at least been held out for a little bit of time it makes it even more impressive yeah man it's kind of special and well it's, it's hugely special like it's just amazing but i mean the fact that we're getting more um, airtime than Alex Caruso at this point is <laughs> special, special too, man. That guy has uh, what four points a game, and he's featured on Bleacher Report. So uh, I'm just yeah, I'm messing around. But right, right. Yeah, it's just it's just it's special, man. Like, but I think we just need a little bit more respect okay. at the end of the day. That's right. it. Well, ho- hopefully that comes. Hopefully the 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 powers that be sort of pick up on the success and the popularity, the growing popularity that the Raptors and its community is, you know, demonstrating because something like this is special. And I know like I'm speaking maybe in with a huge amount of bias as a Raptors fan and something that, you know, maybe I don't have an objective lens regarding it, but I just wish that, you know, the the success and the, the accolations that the Raptors are, you know, gathering up were a little bit more talked about, but again, not sour grapes. This is what independent media is for. This is what independent podcasts are for. It's what we do. So with that, uh, we're going to take our second ba- uh, break. When we come back, we're going to talk about Terrence Davis a little bit. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. <laughs> All right. As I mentioned, we're recording this Saturday afternoon and last night on Valentine's Day was the Rising Stars Challenge. I did not watch this, all right? And I I didn't watch it because it was like a little personal protest to the notion that Terrence Davis, undrafted Terrence Davis, did not participate or was not elected to participate in the Rising Stars Challenge. Even more so, right? Even after Tyler Hero was subbed out due to injury, he was replaced by Colin Sexton. This is the only Raptors player that has played Every single game this season, 55 games, he started two of them and he's averaged 47.5% from the field, 42% from deep, 88% from the line, 3.5 boards, and look, this surprised me, only 8 points per game. I thought that would be a little higher, but given the fact that his playing time has sort of swayed, it kind of makes sense. But look. Yeah. I haven't touched on this on the show yet, only because I was waiting for the All-Star weekend. Do you think that he deserved the spot, and what does this say about the status of him as an undrafted rookie, that he didn't participate in the Rising Stars game? He deserves the spot, 100%. He should, he should have been there last night. He should have been participating. There's, there's no doubt about it. I know that he's only averaging 8 points a game, and his minutes are sporadic, but... Still, like what he's done on a championship team, and he's had valuable minutes for us, and he's helped us win ball games. He's had career highs this year. Like I know you, you have a career high whenever because you, this is your first year um, in, in in the league, so you're gonna set a career high all the time. But 
Uh, what he's done this year has been special, man. Like it's it's somewhere he's just he's he's a god given talent. There's he can shoot the ball. Like it's absolutely amazing. He has no conscience. He it, it was funny because I was watching him play. And it was versus the Pacers, and he went down on a fast break and he turned the ball over. It was it's like a Norman Powell drive, but he's on one on one one on four, and he messed up and he he he, he fucked up. And he came back the next play, and he hit a big-time three, a big yeah. dagger. Yeah. So the confidence that he has, the cojones that he has is, is special, man. So he should be there. Um, and But over Colin Sexton, I don't know. You had, it was it, is it Lior? Is that his name? Yeah, Lior Corza, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he was on the show, and um, he had a great tweet. Uh, he was talking about how Colin Sexton, over the past 14 games, I think it was, he's been averaging 22 points a game. Um as of late. So I, I think he deserves a spot too. Cause he's, I think he's a special talent too, but overall Terrence Davis should have been in that game. There's, there's no doubt about it. The only knock I have on Terrence Davis is his defense. I, I don't know what Leo's talking about when he says he's a great defender. Cause he's not, <laughs> uh, but that's, that's just my take. I don't know. I don't know. Do you have an issue? Do you have an issue with his defense? I don't have a particular issue with it. I do see where you're saying that he doesn't necessarily like stayed glued to his uh to his opponent as much as we'd like to. He does get beat on drives here and there, but on the overall, it's not it's not bad. Like it's trustworthy enough, right? I'm I don't cringe when I see him uh playing defense against uh an opponent only because that maybe because the it it's very much mitigated by the offensive production and like overall I I feel confident with him in the lineup. Um I certainly yeah. feel more confident with Terrence Davis playing than Patrick McCaw. And I don't really want to open up that can of worms again, but <laughs> when it comes to, to Terrence Davis, for me, it's it's just the overall conglomerate of his performance and, and the roots of this, right? It's being undrafted and being snubbed out two rounds by every other team. The Raptors included, right? In a way. Um, being undrafted and having this much of an impact right out the gate, to me, that's what's impressive about this, right? To me, it's the fact that there was no like high regard in terms of a scouting report or whatnot when it came to Terrence Davis. There was no deep dive into research about him as a draft prospect, right? At least none that I have seen. And the fact that he came into this league firing on all cylinders from the jump, and I'm talking like from the preseason, right? This dude was a preseason darling. He's talking trash to Russell Westbrook. That shit's trash. <laughs> that shit's broke. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like the confidence that you mentioned uh, is unreal. He's fearless, right? He's taking contested threes and burying it in opponents' eyes. For me, that yeah. that's something that you can't teach. You can't teach courage. You can't teach this fearless nature. So in that regard, maybe as a Raptors fan, again, much like the previous conversation, maybe I am biased. Maybe I am biased because I feel like the story surrounding him is something that I think would do well for All-Star Recon, especially like a highlight and maybe a sit-down interview talking about what it's like to be undrafted and coming in. But I don't know, man. For me, this is someone that definitely deserved to be there. And maybe we can't say like over someone else, like maybe not over Colin Sexton, but there are some you know, plays and some highlights that you can draw up to look at him and say, nah, he deserved to be in this game for sure. Oh, for sure. They, I don't know. There's lots of guys. That I, was, like, I watched the game a little bit. I was at the bar watching it. Mm. But uh, yeah, like there's guys that I didn't even hear of like that I've never heard of before. Maybe that's because I don't follow the team. And maybe that is the impact that maybe Terrence Davis, Davis has that he's, you know, people don't know who he is at this point because he's in Toronto. Uh, unfortunately, which is doesn't make any sense because I mean, there's NBA insiders and, uh, and scouts and people that pick the roster that know what he's doing, but they just didn't pick him. I don't get it. I right. don't get it. Um, but yeah, just just to touch on the defense again, cause it's just I think that's it, it's a little bit off topic, but that's that's why I think his minutes are a little bit sporadic at this point because his defense isn't exactly where I think Nick Nick Nurse wants it. But either way. We won't touch on that. It's just, um, I just think that, yeah, he 100% deserves a spot at the Rising Stars Challenge. And, of course, Leo would agree as well because <laughs> Leo got fired up about that uh, on the broadcast the other night. When we look at, you know, who participated in this, for me, 
I feel that, and I, I kind of wanted to get your take on it, and this for me would make room for more players like Terrence Davis to be able to participate. I'm not necessarily sure that players like Luca and Trey should be allowed in the Rising Stars Challenge. Like, yes, they haven't met their ceiling. Yes, they haven't reached their full potential. So in a way, yeah, they're still, quote-unquote, rising. rising. But yeah. they're, they are all-stars. Like, they're starting for their all-star game. Like, the all-star game Sunday night. So for me, I'm just like, no, you don't need to be there. You're, you, you've, you're surpassed this. You're sort of bigger than this. And that's no disrespect to the players that are participating in the Rising Challenge game. But still, for me, it's like, no, like you should be automatically disqualified if you're especially starting for the All-Star game. Would you agree? Yeah, 100%. You, there should be room for, for a guy like Terrence, Terrence Davis to get in there. Um, and guys like Luca and Trey should not be in it, 100%. The, it's not like they don't deserve the spot. It's just like there's guys that, are, that could actually showcase their talent, like Davis, uh, in that game. Uh, I know there's not much defense played. Um, in no. that game, but still, no. No, like at all, it was kind of like Zion. I'm pretty sure was just jogging up the court back and forth, and he got in because of his popularity. Mm. He's only played what six games, handful, uh, yeah. But wow. he's exciting though. That's the thing. That's why he's in the game. It it comes down to a popularity contest, man. That's what it is. It's it's like you're back in high school. Like <laughs> the most the most the most popular is they're gonna get in. They're gonna win homecoming. You know what I mean? So, uh, unfortunately, Terrence Davis is that. Guy in the back that no one knows about, who's actually a stud, but won't give him a chance. <laughs> it's it's weird because I think the last person, as we discussed off air, the last player representing the Raptors that was able to participate in the challenge was OG. And I OG, think, at, oh my. yeah, you know, at the time he wasn't this big name, right? He had yet to guard LeBron James in the playoffs, right, and really cement himself as someone to keep your eye out all for. So for me, yes, OG was drafted. But it wasn't like he was a lottery pick, right? He wasn't. And it wasn't like he was setting the world on fire on the offensive end. He wasn't. And maybe that had a lot to do with, like, the driving force of uh, Toronto voting him in. But for me, it's like, I don't know. If OG could have gotten in, I feel like Terrence Davis, in his, start, in his rookie year, has made slightly more of an impact offensively than OG did. And again, that's not to disparage OG Ananobi at all. It's just... I feel like the highlight reel of Terrence Davis is a little bit wider than OG his first year. Do you agree? Yeah, yeah. Um, OG was great in his first year. Don't get me wrong and, um, and stuff like that. But I mean, I think uh, Terrence Davis had a bigger impact. Uh, one of the biggest things that got OG into that game was what he did uh, for the Raptors because they were winning at that point. And he, mm-hmm. had, he actually had a huge impact in that, uh, especially his first year. He, was knocking, he, was, he knocked down some big shots and... He had, his defense has always been lights out, and his athleticism is extreme. Um, but I, I still think that at the end of the day, Terrence Davis has had a bigger impact this year than more so than OG had in that year, because he's coming off the bench. He's he's been relied on to be that number one scorer off the bench, especially when uh, Norman Powell being out. And you you need a, a you need a guy like Lou Will. That's just a firecracker off the bench. Right. He's going to do some. And that's what Terrence Davis has done uh, for the most part. I mean, he's, he's taken some questionable shots, of course, but that's just who he is at this point. We, we know who he is. He, he can score. And when he has that ball in his hands and he puts it up, you're like, well, it could go in. So I'm not going <laughs> to I'm not gonna judge it, right? <laughs> so and he's, he's shooting, what, 40%, 47% from the field? Yeah. That's pretty yeah. good for a rookie, man. And he's taken a lot of threes. So, I mean... He's special, man. He's a special talent. And he's, I, to, to get back to the question, the point, he, he had, he's had a bigger impact this year than OG had that one year. So he should have been in the game. It's just, I, I don't know. I, I don't get it. And I don't understand how the NBA works in that sense of picking people. But it, it doesn't make any sense, man. Well, that is why I personally, well, it's not the reason why I personally boycotted the game. It's not the only reason I should say it was Valentine's Day, right? So I was I had stuff to do with my wife. We went out and stuff. So <laughs> yeah. So you know, for me, it's just I. You can see talent. Like NBA fans aren't stupid, especially like Toronto Raptors fans. They're not stupid, and you see talent that should be highlighted. I feel like he deserved to be there, but maybe next year. Maybe you know you have two years to be in the Rising Stars Challenge, and you know there there won't be guys like Trey Young and Luka Doncic in this game next year. So maybe there will be room for. Terrence Davis. Um, but, you know, sticking with the theme of the All-Star game, I kind of want to shift gears. So I'm going to spring this on you a little bit. Um, yep. 
Pascal Siakam is going to participate in the skills challenge tonight. And um, there are a lot of other participants, right? So you got Jason Tatum, the reigning champ. You got Sabonis. You got Middleton. You got Shea. (laughs) You got Spencer Dinwiddie. You got Beverly. And you got Bam. Pascal Siakam, he's got his work cut out for him for this. And, you know, we're, we're talking about the Celtics at the jump of the show and how you feel like they stand in the way of the Raptors, maybe. And Jason Tatum is playing a big part of that. What is your prediction for tonight when it comes to the skills challenge? It's tough to say. Um, I think uh, Patrick Beverly's due to yell at one of the uh, <laughs> <laughs> at one of the posts or one of the defenders that doesn't move um, and probably going to ask for a foul. But either way, <laughs> uh, I don't like that guy. I don't like Middleton either. So uh, at, at the end of the day, I think Pascal, like you said, he has work cut out for him. Um, I, I think... <sighs> I'm going to be bold. I'm going to say that he's going to win because he's wow. going to put 100% of his, of his effort in and he's going to knock down that three. That, it was, that's what it comes down to. Yeah, it does. Who, who knocks down that three? And I know he's not the most prolific shooter from three, but this is nothing, man. It's just all-star weekend. He's been in a championship series. Some guys haven't, like Chris Middleton. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they don't have that pressure. They don't know what it's like, but... I, I think he's special, and I think he's going to win because he's fast, man. Yes, he is. Greasy, Greasy P, Greasy P is fast, and it all depends on his effort. And some guys don't put effort in it, and that's what kind of pisses me off because fans want to see effort, man. That's all we want to see. Um, and I still, I think he has a real shot to win tonight. I think he does. For me, it's this is all about you know. Yes, you're you're right. It is about the effort, but it's also about having fun tonight. Right, and the skills challenge, especially like the all-star game in general, you're right. They don't put 100% of their effort into it. They do like to have fun with it. But that's mostly because like they're trying to avoid injury and whatnot. Like why strain yourself over something you don't necessarily have to? Um, Yeah. But for me, like who else exemplifies just sort of laid back and having fun like Pascal Siakam? Right, he is the, the epitome of just having a good time, being positive all the time being chilled out and just like having that smile over his face. Like he's ridiculously humble. And for me, like that is what's being exemplified here. And maybe that's not going to put him over the edge, but it's definitely going to give him a leg up. Um, I do think he's going to excel in this, but maybe a little bit, you know, controversial and much to the, to the dismay of Raptors fans listening. If I'm looking at talent here alone, Tatum, I'm going to go with Shay. Oh, Ooh, I like him. He's good. <laughs> yeah, I got like I am so uh, impressed by what I'm seeing from him from on OKC. Like he is, I think he's gonna excel tonight. He's special, man. Like he that trade, yeah, did wonders. Did wonders for his career. I don't think he would have grown as a player um, without making that move. I think OKC is a spot for them, and they're only gonna get some talent on the team with all the picks that they have. Um, but yeah, like I, I do, I do kind of agree with that. Um, but if I were to take somebody else to be Tatum, I think the pass is tough on guys and that might be tough on Pascal as well. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's tough. Um, especially the bounce pass. That'd be tough, man. I, I can't throw a bounce pass anymore. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it would go somewhere else, but, um, yeah, it's just, that's a good pick. Shay's a good pick. He is. He is super talented, man, and he's going to be fun to watch tonight, too, because I think he's going to be one of those guys that puts 100% effort in. Right, exactly. Like, you know, you look at Bam, I feel like he's a little bit too oh, big for this. Like, even like, though he, I don't like that guy either. Oh, I like him a lot this year. <laughs> um, Beverly, you're right. Like, he's just clunky, whatever. Uh, Dinwiddie's got a shot. He's been, like, shining a little bit, you know? Um, I don't know about that beard, though, man. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I don't like Middleton. He can, he can kick rocks. Uh, Sabonis, yeah. I, I think he's maybe a little bit of a dark horse, but I don't think he's going to, to win it. Um, he, he's talented, man. He is he's, very talented. Yeah. Watching him in those back-to-back games, he is very... I, I wasn't sold on him until he played those two games versus us, the home-and-home. Home. Yeah. Wow, man. He, is, he had a triple-double. And I'm pretty sure he produced that in the second half during uh, Wednesday's game last week. Because um, he wasn't doing much in the in the first half, so he's special, man. He's a special talent. I wasn't so long. It's just undersized. That's one thing that you could say. Yeah, maybe he's the wild card for tonight. Now that I think about it, 
He's my he's my second choice, right? I'm gonna go Shea, uh, Siakam, and then Sabonis. If you had, let's just say, ten grand laying around, ten grand, uh-huh. and you had to put it on one dude, who would you put it on? It on? Shea. Shea. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. I feel that. <laughs> you know, like it's kind of okay. weird because like he was subbed in because Derrick Rose was injured and so oh. he's not participating. I but I still, yeah, I I still think that. You know, given the conglomerate of talent, I, I think, I don't know, I just something about tonight's skills challenge just screams something that's going to benefit Shea and something that he can excel in. But I'm not saying that Pascal Siakam's like a complete out. Like, he's my second choice to win it. I don't know about Jason Tatum. Like, yeah, he won it last year, but I, I, two years in a row is a tall ask. I, I, I don't necessarily see that. But um, I, I just, I don't know. Shave to me is the guy that's gonna run away with this. Don't 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 at me, Raptors fans, if Pascal Siakam wins it. I'm going to I'm going to be cheering for him the loudest, but still Shay. In terms of talent, it's, to me it's gotta be Shay. Raptors fans are pretty savage, man. They'll they'll, they'll probably at you. They'll probably at me. <laughs> so what about so you? If you had ten grand, who are you putting it on? If I put that's tough, man. I'm You wanna I'm, say I'm gonna, Tatum. I I, I wanna say Tatum, man. Honestly, I do. Um <laughs> uh, but you know what though? If I had ten grand right now and I had to blow it, I'd I'd put it on Pascal. You gotta do that. All right. Yeah. Yeah. All I right. mean, I wish I had ten grand to, <laughs> to, <laughs> to just blow. To blow. <laughs> yeah. yeah, just to blow. That'd be nice. Uh, but yeah, I would put it on Pascal, man, because I think he's gonna do something special tonight. And, All right. Yeah, I think it's gonna be him, and I don't know if it'll work. Him and Shay in the finals. That'd be amazing. Imagine that. I mean, like, I'd be like, I can't lose now. Because <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. Oh man, it, perfect. That'd be special to see, man. That'd be a fun matchup in the finals. All right. Well, regardless, I do think that tonight's going to be interesting. It will be entertaining. Um, I don't know. I like the the dunk contest, the skills challenge, and the three point contest more than I do the All Star game. Like, and I've I've expressed yeah. that already on here. Like. I, it's something that for me, the all-star game, like the players aren't going to like really give a shit about it. Then I don't kind of give a shit. It's for nothing, right? There's nothing on the line here. So, you know, given the Kobe aspect of everything, maybe that's something sentimental that people want to look out for. And I get it. I totally get that. But you know, the game itself, they don't try, they don't care. It's just entertainment. But when it comes to the dunk contest, like I'm, I'm looking forward to that skills challenge and the three point contest, man, like this shit goes until like 11. It gets, it gets late. Yeah, it's it's exciting, man. I mean, the dunk comp's gonna be uh, revamped tonight because uh, Aaron Gordon's back in it. Yeah, uh, it's Aaron Gordon, right? Yeah, Aaron Gordon. What Aaron Gordon did in uh, the 2016 All Star Game in Toronto mm. was lights out, man. That dunk where he uh, he put it behind his legs. Yeah, it was that was remarkable. Like, and he didn't win, <laughs> so. Yeah, I love it, man. Like the dunk comp special. I think it got cheesy for a few years. So like gimmicks. I don't like Dwight Howard. I'm he's in it, right? Yeah, I'm tired of him. Oh my god, what is he gonna show up in uh, Batman costume? Probably. Time? Yes. Um, <laughs> but I just I I don't agree with him being in it. I think a guy like who should be in it? Uh, Derek Jones is in it from the Heat. He's gonna be special to watch as well. Um, so three we, point got, we got Pat Connaughton, Aaron Gordon, Dwight Howard, and Derek Jones Jr. Uh, has Connaughton even dunked this year? Can he even dunk? <laughs> We're gonna find out. <laughs> no, he's probably he's probably got some ups, but um, yeah, I don't. I, it's gonna be special, man. I they changed up the three point contest, didn't they? That's yeah, they did. It it's the further away you go, uh, I think the the more it's worth. That'll be a little bit more exciting, I guess. But I still liked it the way it was, man. Yeah. Did you ever play NBA Live? Of course. Of course and did you did. ever do the three-point competition? Of course. That was tough. Yeah. That was tough. <laughs> I did not win a lot of times, to be honest. And the dunk comp was hard, too, man. Yeah, it was. Oh, man. Uh, especially going through the legs. I didn't even know what I was doing. But either way, <laughs> I'm a little bit off topic. But that was a tough game. I think people would agree with this. Um, but yeah, I think it's going to be special night. It's the best part of the weekend. It's it the best part of the weekend. 100%. I agree. Like, and honestly, I think my favorite one is the skills comp because I like to see the guys going through like the the dummies and making those passes and um, making the threes. Um, but yeah, like the three points exciting. I don't think they should have changed it, but that's okay. The dunk comp is gonna be exciting this year. This one's gonna be exciting because Derek Jones has some hops. Yeah, and he 
And who who did he dunk on last year for the Raptors? Oh, I can't remember, man. But he yeah, got. I'll look uh, it up. I'll look it up. He, yeah, he no, he ended up throwing it in, but still, man, he got up, man. They were down like twenty points. That's fine. Mm. Um, but yeah, he's got ops. I don't know about much about Pat Connaughton, um, other than he plays for the Bucks. But I don't know. I think Aaron Gordon's probably going to win him. And he, it's not just because you have athleticism and you can dunk. You have to have creativity, and I think he has that. Right. Yeah. So this going to be exciting. Who do you think? Who Aaron's going to win? Yeah, you think he's going to win? Yes, I do. Yeah. If you had ten grand, <laughs> just throwing money around, you'd put it on. You'd put it on Aaron Gordon, eh? Yes, I would. Yes. I might put it on Derek Jones. Okay. Five grand. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, regardless, it's going to be uh, super exciting. I do think that, you know, when it comes to, like I said, the All Star Game, uh, in general, that this is the best part about it um this the competitions i feel are the best part about it ahead of the game so it's for me the most entertaining and uh by the way uh he dunked over miller um last year uh, oh it's my dog that's too. your dog too yeah <laughs> yeah it is he hasn't he hasn't got much play. i thought he's gonna have a bigger impact this year but a guy like terrence davis took us a minute yeah yeah he stepped up right but I still think Malcolm Miller is a talent, man. He just needs, I think he needs the right squad. Maybe the Raptors aren't it, but that's the off topic. But. All right. Well, uh, you know, having said that, we're going to take our third break. When we come back, we're going to do a little bit of Valentine's Day stuff. Stay tuned. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. <laughs> All right, as I mentioned, this is the unofficial halfway point of the season. And we're going to do a little love-hate. All right, let's emphasize the love, though, because of Valentine's Day weekend. But let's do a little bit of hate because it's the day after Valentine's Day and all that's behind us. So, so far, the quote-unquote halfway mark of the season. What do you love about this Raptors team and what do you hate about them? Go ahead. What do I love? I love the fact that the uh, they play unselfish. They just play like a team and the they just know how to win ball games at this point. I mean, they've developed that. Um, they've had that championship pedigree on the shoulders at this point because they won last year. And obviously, I keep saying it because I'm still excited about it. But um, that's one thing that I love. They just play for each other. Like there's there's such a chemistry on on, on the team. And even Nick Nurse is saying it. Like guys just love being in the locker room with each other. And that's tough. To, it's tough to do in the NBA because I mean you have so many different personalities. Uh, it's like being in a workplace, man. Sometimes you just don't like people, but they have such a chemistry, and that's special. So the chemistry is special. That's what I love. Um, they've, they've had that throughout the years, so that's, that hasn't changed to stay consistent. The one thing I hate, it's tough to say because I love the Raptors, so <laughs> <laughs> uh, to, to, sit, to harp on some, to hate, I hate... <sighs> just say Patrick McCaw. <laughs> I, I only used to, I, I I don't hate McCaw too too much, but I'm gonna say I hate the scars. I don't like scars. Really? What? I don't like I don't like the scars. I don't. I, oh, I, dude! It, it, a lot of people just turned this off. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I maybe it's the fact that I can't rep a scarf. I don't think I look good in one. Um, and I have a sick one. I have the OVO Raptors scarf from like 2015. My sister got it for me. I've never worn it once. I tried, and I don't look <laughs> oh, good. No. Um, and it's it's a sexy scarf, man. Uh, but I don't look good. Um, so I would say the scarves. Uh, that's one thing I hate. That's one thing that oh, no. I will say. I don't like the scarves. I like the gimmick. I like that it brings everyone closer to the chemistry. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't like the scars, man. I don't think they look good. I don't. What is OG doing wearing on his head? <laughs> <laughs> scarf. <laughs> Do you not like the segment? Like, did you watch the surge and OG segment? Oh, I, oh, I loved it. I loved it. I just don't get like scars. Just don't look good. Oh I, I don't man. I, I I don't think. I, I, yeah, everyone just everyone just is not listening listening anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Adam. I'm sorry. Oh, <laughs> uh, you brought the heat. All right, let me see if I can reel it back. Um, I do. What I love about this team so far is um, you you sort of touched on it, but you know to get a little bit more into it, I love the grit and I love the determination. Right, this team does not quit, and even with the loss against Brooklyn, you know they they sort of got pummeled, but you could tell that they were fighting to the end. They really were. That even with three minutes quit. left, yeah, dude. Even with three minutes left of the game, 
they were like, we can still win this. And moreover, maybe that's made me a little bit, I don't know, gullible when it comes to this team, I guess, for lack of a better way to put it, because, you know, I'm talking to my friend via Twitter DMs. His name's Matt, and we're talking. He's like, when are you going to get worried about this game? Like, when do you hit the panic button? And I'm like, five minutes left in the fourth quarter, and that's when I hit the panic button. I'm not going to panic, like, deep into the fourth. I'm not going to panic in the third quarter. I'm not going to panic until, like, there's about five minutes left, and if the Raptors are down by, like, 12 to 14 points, I'm kind of worried. Right, but even at the three-minute mark, I'm like, it's possible. This Raptors team can get back. Like, I can see them covering a 12-point span in three minutes and being right back into it because their defense is that explosive, right? And especially if they utilize the full-court press, you just never know. There's just no quit in this team. And for me, that is something to be, you know, highlighted. That is something to be talked about because the, the grit is just so inspiring. Um. You know, and one thing I, I hate, I guess you can say, and when I say hate, I mean like dislike. So the one thing I hate about this team, and I'm not even going to pick on Patrick McCaw, <laughs> it's, it's the rebounding and the second chance opportunities. Uh, yeah, For me, know, that is so frustrating, man. It's, especially when those second chance opportunities turn to like third or fourth chance opportunities. I just, it drives me up a wall. And I know the Raptors were better off standing Pat uh, at, at the trade deadline, like considering what they would have to give up to get another body in or another big man. But for me, it's just... You, did, you, you, you didn't want Tristan Kardashian? <laughs> well, like, apparently that's still a thing. <laughs> like, maybe there's a buyout market for Tristan, but, like, I, I just... I don't know, man. Like, I don't know that fit. he's the answer. Exactly. I don't know. And I think they're trying to, like, force the Canadian aspect onto this team. That's why he's so, like, coveted right now. But I don't know. Like, that, that is something that needs to be cleaned up. And I'm wondering... I, I sort of touched on this in an earlier episode. I don't know that it's the fact of, and I, I think I even mentioned it on your show. I don't know that it's something that they're trying to like, quote unquote, save for the playoffs uh, by not exerting so much energy and not like risking injury. But at yeah. what point do you have to like really buckle down and like crash the boards to prevent these second chance opportunities? So, like for me, like that's something that needs to be addressed. And I don't know that's something that can be taught. That's effort. Yeah. It's it's sheer effort, man. Like it's it's what you you're willing to risk. And I think they don't worry about it right now, and we shouldn't worry about it right now, uh, is because it's it's practice right now. And I mentioned it on my show as well. It's practice right now. These are 82 practices that they're going through, um, and I think that's some that Kawhi uh, instilled on them when he was there. That yeah, you still have to try and put effort in, but I mean, it comes down to the playoffs. Are you going to make that effort play? And they did last year, so. I think we had rebounding woes last year as well. Right. So I just think that it's effort. And I think guys um, just have to be willing to sacrifice their bodies. And I mean, if you look at it over the past um, 15 games, I did the stats on it and I looked at it on NBA.com. The lean rebounder for the Raptors over this past um, 15 games of surge. No surprise, he leads the team in rebounds. But right. guess how many rebounds per game? Oh, if I had to guess, six, seven, maybe eight. It's yeah, it's it's. I think it's like six point five or something. Yeah. Or maybe eight, maybe eight. That's not a high number. It's just crazy. Uh, you think it'd be a lot more. You think it'd be like ten or something like that because usually there's you have a double digit leader mm-hmm. in rebounds, but we don't. Um, so I just, I just, I just think it's effort, man. Uh, I. I'm not too worried about their, their, their rebounding. I, I know on my show I kind of was, and I wanted to bring Andre Drummond onto the rosters. Oh, God. Did I lose more listeners? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I, I'm taking your show down, Adam. Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. Never have me on the show again. <laughs> hey, that, that was a joke, guys. I, I didn't want Drummond. I want to drum in with uh, Giannis anyways. Okay. We won't touch on it. But anyways, uh, I, I, I don't think we have to be too worried. I think it just comes down to effort, man, and I think they know what they have to do in the playoffs. They've been there, right? So I think they'll... Uh, if we were to look at the stats uh, last year in the playoffs, I think their rebounding numbers would be a lot better, um, to be honest. Like, at least offensive rebounds. So you think rebounds. you think that come playoff time, this is something that will be exploited by their opponents, or do you think this is something that's going to be cleaned up by the Raptors? Cleaned up. Hundred percent, man. I okay. mean, look at like guys like Larry or Bulldog. They're gonna get in there. Uh, guys like Van Fleet, and Van Fleet was our lean rebounder for a game. Yeah, 
<laughs> like, that's crazy. Um, and he still didn't hit double digits. It's crazy. Uh, but no, I don't. I think we're okay. I think it's just gonna come down to effort in the playoffs. And like, like I said, like these are 82 practices that they're going through, and they're just trying to figure out the what what their make of the team and and whatnot. So I think they're gonna be okay, man. I think rebounds gonna be okay. Uh, um, if 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 they if they were really worried about it, they would have made a move, like okay. they did last year for Marcus Sol. They would have made a they would have made a move, but I don't. I think they'll be okay. Marcus Sol is gonna come back. We'll be okay. The stabilizer in the offense. Um, but yeah, and he's some special. A little bit off topic, but he's some special man. The way he controls their offense, the way he moves the ball, and he's able to find guys is you. People can't do that, man, at their size. So right. Yeah. Yeah. All right, well, when it comes to, you know, the Valentine's Day season and being that Valentine's Day, you know, this is Valentine's Day weekend, I should say. And, you know, some people go out with their loved ones, do their thing. Other people like to stay home and sulk over the fact that they're alone. So there's your love-hate, right? So given that, Raptors fans, if you're listening, um, let me know what you think. Let me know what you love about this Raptors team so far this season. Let me know what you hate about them. Be as descriptive as possible. And, you know, like I said, hate is a strong word, so if you'd rather say dislike, totally understand. If you Tell me what you dislike about this Raptors team. Because as we've been saying, they're very special. And it's hard to hate, right? I, I really had to nitpick and find something that I disliked about this team thus far because on the overall conglomerate I'm very happy with what I'm seeing and I and I think you feel the same way Rodrigo right yeah 100% man um I guess he could do without the scarves but (laughs) (laughs) you said it not me hey that's true man uh but yeah I just overall I'm excited man what they've done is just some special man and people people are talking about it because Kawhi left that and people know that and like it was crazy last year we're in the play, uh, in the off season, we're we're following him on a, following him with a helicopter. Yes. Um, just, yeah, like stalkers, stage five clingers. We might have gotten stage six um, at that <laughs> point, but uh, yeah, it's just what they're doing this year, is special man. They they have the talent to go far. I think it's going to come down to who's going to make the big bucket at the end of the games. Who All right. who who do you trust? That's at the end of the day. All right, well, with that, we're going to take our final break, and when we come back, we'll do the two-sweet moment of the week. Hang tight. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. It's time for the two-sweet moment of the week here on the South of the Six Podcast. All right, man, All-Star Weekend, Valentine's Day weekend. It's just too fucking sweet. So what say ye? What is your two-sweet moment of the week? Ooh, I don't know, man. That's tough. It's, I, I want you to go first. All right. If all you right. can go first, set the tone. I'll set the tone. So there was a game, the game against Minnesota. There was a defensive rebound by Rondé Hollis-Jefferson. It was a quick fast break outlet pass to Lowry, who pushed a, towards a trailing OG for an alley-oop slam in the second quarter. For me, that was OG's shining moment against the Timberwolves. Yeah. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with that, the alley-oop to OG. The alley-oop, eh? Ooh. That's a good one. I do remember that one. Um, honestly, man, my two three in the moment of the week. It's just it's. Uh, I'm gonna touch on it again because you just touched on it. Is R H uh, J Hustle Jefferson? Yeah. With his performance against Cat, he absolutely. Ch- I that was a two two sweet moment of the week. Seeing Cat so pissed off that a guy that is six inches shorter than him chumped him. That was my two sweet moment of the week, baby. That was that was the best moment of the week. It couldn't get it couldn't have got any better seeing Cat be chump like that. <laughs> it's crazy because we regarded Cat as somewhat like a game changer, you know. And I still do. I still would love to have him on this team, you know, if it meant giving up nothing. But you yeah. know, he got shut down in that game. He really didn't show up, and people were worried because it was D'Lo's first game with the Wolves, and maybe they were going to have an impact together because you know they're super close, but. Man, like the Raptors really took it to him, and you—you're right. You gotta credit RHJ for being like sort of a scrappy dude in that game against Cat. Yeah, man. I just think uh, when I watch Cat play, he shuts himself down. Like he takes <laughs> stupid shots. You know what I mean? Like he's like doing step back threes. Like man, that's not your game. You have to dominate in the post, and he's not doing that at certain points. And when he does, he's so dominant because he's what almost seven feet tall. Yeah, and he's athletic, and he can get by you. Um, I get it. It's a, it's a it's a three it's a three ball league now at this point. But it doesn't mean you have to be taking step backs. Did you did you watch the end of the game? 
Yeah. He was doing actually legit step back threes and he wasn't passing the ball. He was just like, it, it was like he was in practice yeah. shooting up these shots. It was embarrassing, man. Like if I was, and he got, he got so choked. Who hit a three in his face? Was it Pascal? I think so. Oh. Towards the end of the game. Yeah. Oh my yeah. gosh. Some pigeons almost killed me again. <laughs> um, they have no conscience. They're like Terrence Davis. Um, yeah. Like, I don't know, man. For me, Cat is talented. But he just takes himself out of the ball games like with the, with the stupid shots that he takes. But yeah, I don't know that. Honestly, that was my two sweet moment of the week, just seeing RSJ chump him because it's all about effort when you when you put it in, and it's all said and done. It's all effort, man. That's what RSJ brings. Um, Chap is it, he's called Chap, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's he's. Ta- I love him, man. I love he fits the Raptors makeup so much. Um, I think a lot of people were worried about him in the beginning of the year because. Nick Nurse called him out. Him he and did. Stanley Johnson. Yeah. And they weren't getting the defensive schemes. And he obviously put his time in. And Stanley Johnson obviously didn't. Um, and I'm still kind of shocked that Stanley Johnson didn't uh, really crack the rotation. But that's on him. Like, he's been <laughs> terrible this year. But, uh, yeah. I just think that, yeah. RSA is special, man. He fits with the Raptors makeup for sure. I like him. I like. I, I don't necessarily like him shooting from the outside. And if you notice, like when he gets the ball at the top of the key, the defender like drifts back a lot because no one trusts him in the deep shot. And he's got one of the ugliest jumpers I've ever seen in my life. I'm being dead serious. It's, yeah, it's, it's disgusting. It's uh yeah. I'm pretty sure the uh, his defender goes and sits courtside while yeah. he leaves him out of three. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah. It's it's not a good shot. It's he took he took a three the other night. It was kind of funny. It almost yeah. went in. It's in the corner. He usually shoots it from, and it's not it's not great. But it's a shorter shot. That's yeah. why. All right. Well, having said that, we got one game lined up after the All Star game to uh, to predict the All Star break. I should say to predict. Uh, Raptors get a lengthy rest, so hopefully this uh, means good things for Norman Powell and Marcus All. But having said that, next Friday. They play Phoenix at home. That's the only game we'll predict. I'm calling this a dub. What do you say? Uh, of course, man. It's a dub for sure. I think Devin Booker's going to have a big game. Uh, when doesn't he? He's, <laughs> yeah, like, he, he's so talented, man. Uh, he, he deserves a spot in the All-Star game as well. Obviously, yeah. he got in due to an injury. Yeah. But uh, he's, he's on a losing team. That's the only thing that's hurting him. But look at Trey. He got voted in. Either way, um, yeah, it's a W, man. I think it's a big-time W. It's like a blowout. Uh, probably 25-point game, I think. Uh, yeah, I would say. But I still think Devin Book's going to go off for like 40. To oh, honest, oh, my God. Okay. Yeah, he's talented, though, man. He's like, so he just, good. Yeah. He's so good. He's so smooth with his game. Um, he's still. I think he's still underrated. Yes. Would you yeah. not say? Yeah, I don't think he gets enough attention. I really don't. Yeah, like, if you're in Phoenix, I, yeah, I wouldn't I mind living in Phoenix, but playing for the Suns? I don't know. <laughs> well, oh, man. it's going to be a good, a nice little game to to welcome back after the All-Star break. Um, it, it's a nice little pick-me-up game that the Raptors could use. Um, we're calling this a win. This is a nice bounce back after a loss. Um, like I said, hopefully the length of time uh, does wonders for the recovery of Gasol and Norm. So finally, we can have a fully healthy squad. Um and a W would just be nice, like to remind people, hey, we're still here after a nine game, a- nine day absence, I should say, and you know, to refresh the memories of those that forgot about the Raptors for the past nine games, they're still here, they're still winning games. But that's gonna do it for this show, uh, dude. You know the deal. You can promote any and everything that's going on. You can promote your podcast. Please promote your podcast where people can find you on Twitter. The floor is yours, man. Uh yeah, thank you, bro- brother. Uh, so yeah, Rodzi Abuzeris on Twitter, uh, Instagram. It's Rodzi Abuzer. Uh, and then we have the Mission Dreams podcast, which is special, man. I love doing it with my brother, Mitch. Um, he would probably agree with me on the Terrence Davis on he can't <laughs> play defense. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's Mission Dreams podcast on uh, on uh, Instagram and Twitter. So we're, we're trying to get it fired up. I actually have mic problems right now. So that's why I'm on the streets of Toronto. But, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's, it's been a pleasure, man. Thank you for having me on the show. It's been a while. And 
I love actually doing this show because you're easy to talk to. Thanks, man. <laughs> I appreciate it. Yeah. And you're welcome back anytime. All the links to the Twitter, the 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 podcast itself will be the description of this show. I uh, highly suggest those that are Raptors fans that are listening to subscribe to the show, to follow on Twitter, do all the above. And, uh, bro, we'll do this again sometime. I'm glad you were able to give me the sounds of the city. And uh, watch out for those pigeons, man. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm going to get attacked again right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right, dude. Take it easy. All right. Take care. Later. Thank you for listening to the South of the Six podcast. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at South of the Six and subscribe to our show. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify. Yeah, we're everywhere. While you're at it, if you liked what you heard, do us a solid and leave us five stars and a quick review. We appreciate it. Thanks again. Go Raptors.